Hi, welcome. This is Dr. John Martini. This is one of the most amazing and inspiring shows that you can listen into. If you want to be on the edge of your seats, if you want to open up your heart, if you want to expand your mind, and you want to meet incredible people, stay tuned because you're just about to experience a transformative radio show that will change your life. And you're listening to the Dr. Pat Show is coming up right next. Welcome to the Dr. Pat Show. Talk radio to thrive by. Powerful, inspiring, and coming to you live, bringing you stories of people like you and me, busting through and living life full out. Get ready to dare to wonder what your life would be like if you knew you could not fail. Hey, everybody. Welcome. Benny. Hi, Jacob. Hi. What a great show we've got planned for you. Adrian Cobb is joining us here today. Um, look, what I know about Adrian is that this is a journey and it's a journey that she has taken to really tap into not only her, her own truest self, but helping others do that. That's my wild magic. It is this way to really step into a pathway. But what if you don't know what that pathway is or what it means? Then you can work with her to understand what a soul blueprint is, what that soul blueprint DNA is, what your tribe, you know, tribe of light is, how everything ties together to answer questions. Who are you? Who am I? You know, where do I belong? What is my purpose? Now, if you're her, then you get to talk about life experiences that put her on a pathway and bring her to date with incredible gifts and talents so she can help others understand what their incredible gifts and talents are. But what happens when you choose this and when you decide to stay in this earth, what do you discover? What does she discover? One of the things we're going to talk about today, because when you come back, and you realize you're really different and you just don't quite know, but you have a knowing, then you start to bring to the world a message. Today, this is something that almost brought some of us to our knees because we didn't understand it. And by the way, I have some friends that they couldn't be on this planet anymore. My mom was one of them because she was an empath. And so today, Adrian's going to help us with being an empath, the good and the bad. That's what we're taking on, Adrian. It's so great to have you here. It's so great to talk with you about this. My mom was an empath. I know that now. Mm -hmm. I know it from everything everybody told me right. about her. Everybody talked about her being loving and kind. I know she picked up everybody's energy. And man... What she went through with my dad was way too much. Mm -hmm. That's why we're going to talk about this today so that we could help other people understand, like you would say, being an empath is really tricky stuff. Yeah, yeah, it is. It really <laughs> is. Yeah. Well, thank you. Thank you for having me on. And uh, yeah, it sounds like, uh, yeah, I think a lot of times our parents probably are more empathic than we give them credit for. And, um, and, you know, it can really be a hardship, you know, for people. And then if they're taught to kind of shut that down or not honor it and not honor their own personal boundaries or their own depth of love, that teaches us to do a similar thing. And I find um, particularly, um, maybe particularly even in the U.S. that, you know, uh, that that empathy is a very high characteristics 
but it's also um it comes a bit with a price you know what i mean to our own well-being our own physicality um autoimmune issues diabetes cancer things like that because when those emotions get blocked in our system like balls of energy it your physical body will start relating to it you know but it, it taps into everything you know our emotions are a big part of who we are here as a human being so it affects our money our relationships our health some of these big areas of life yeah and, you know, can we talk about this for a little bit? Because, you know, you and I are here talking about something that we personally have had to experience, you know, and I, I, I consider myself a, a fumbler. I fumbled my way through figuring some of this out. And I'm Love still that. fumbling. Yeah. I'm a fumbler. Yep. Uh, and, and, you know, I, I'm actually a pretty good fumbler because I'm still alive talking to you today, right? Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> it's an art. But... <laughs> it's an art. Fumbling is an art. I think it really it, is. It really yeah. is. Um, my mom, though, in that generation, and I can only speak for women. I cannot speak for men. Um, but my mom in that generation... When you're somebody like her, who really was quite visionary, was really quite open, really had a different sense of life for herself, different from her brothers and well, different from her sisters, right? Mm -hmm. But she also didn't have what we're talking about today. There was nobody there, Adrian, to talk to her about a boundary. Right. Or yeah. what to do, right? It really, from a female point of view, it is expected for women to be... Um, to not speak their emotions or feelings or the tradition throughout time has been, you know, mental institutions or put them on medication or it's got to be a menopausal thing or yeah, it's been downplayed and made wrong quite a lot. Yeah. And, you know, yet today, even in the world we live in today, and I want to ask you this question because obviously this is a topic that came to mind for you. Um, we have been, what is the right word? We have been exposed to more than a pandemic or a virus or we, we, okay, that is the thing. That is like the thing. But what the thing did was it brought people to a new, my opinion is it brought people, no, it brought me to a whole new level of awareness. And with that whole new level of awareness, what happens is you have a whole new level of awareness to new thoughts or not new thoughts thoughts that will either harm you in terms of where you want to go or keep you more open mm -hmm. but for empaths i'm telling you without the tools to get through these past years three years whoa yeah. what do you say to that well uh yeah i've been you know obviously in my business and doing private sessions with people i work with a lot of empaths and I feel that empaths are uh, people who have that, that it is a divine attribute being empathic. So like being psychic or intuitive, empathic, uh, compassionate, like there's just certain divine attributes and empathy is one of them. But when you take somebody who has this high level of consciousness and then there is, and, and empathy is one of them, meaning that, that, that their energy field, their heart is big in a sense that it can feel what other people feel. Now, there's different types of empathy. There is um, uh, people who have empathy with other human beings. Some people have empathy with plants. 
some people have empathy with, you know, plants, animals. There's also collective impasse, people who who are tapped into the collective as a whole. And, uh, you know, so different variations of that. But I find that the collective impasse are probably having a bigger, a harder time right now. Um, and there's just a lot of movement in the collective, you know, like somehow it's like we're more plugged in than we have been before. And then when that empathy gets too much, it makes us want to be agoraphobic, stay at home, go inward, um, step away from life, feel overwhelmed by things, but that's not necessarily helping either. So uh, I recently went to, to Europe and I was helping my cousin move over there with his little dogs to be with his wife, <clears throat> but ended up going to um, London and Frankfurt, uh, going to Amsterdam, Bergen, which is in Norway, Oslo, which is in Norway, Berlin, um, down to uh, Biesenbaden, which is in Germany, over to Mallorca, which is an island off of Spain, and then over to Prague, all in about 20 days. And But each place I went, oh, and then the Black Forest, which was actually one of my more favorite places was the Black Forest. But in the process of that, what I noticed was, is um, the European mindset was more conservative when it came to empathing. And I've been before, but this time maybe it's just because I've done a lot of uh, brain spotting and neurofeedback work that my brain's thinking a little differently. And I started to notice that, wow, they have really good boundaries and maybe they just have less space. And so they've learned to have better boundaries, but I'm like a hugger. I'll just come at you with a big hug, or I'll just come at you with a handshake, or I'll come at you with, wow, this might be helpful for you, or I'm going <laughs> to give you this, or I'm going to give you this, or let me help you with that. Let me take that from you. And so I noticed that I just have horrible boundaries. <laughs> and it's a good spirit. It's all based on empathy is the thing. And so when I started getting over there, I'm like, you know, I started noticing just to reel it in. And as I was reeling it in, I noticed, wow, it's way more respectful and that people, sometimes our empathy, particularly as a child, we do empathy to survive. And that's where it gets really at a skew. We don't really feel that safe. We start empathing psychically and emotionally, our parents or whatever we're being raised with in order to survive. And then we take that survival skill, that lower version of empathy out into the world. And then we attract relationships in or job situations where we have to take on other people's emotions just to survive. And so in going to Europe, I realized you don't. <laughs> There's a whole society, <clears throat> almost every country I went in, it was significantly different. And the problem I think with the high impasse <clears throat> is that you can see in this country, there's so much more uh, communication about narcissism, this, and my boyfriend and my girlfriend and this boss and this child and this parent, everybody's a narcissist, right? It's a very, very big topic. And I'm not saying that they don't have narcissistic traits. That's probably very true for these people, right? But what I find that uh, empathy and narcissism are two peas in a pod. That if you were to, like, if I reel in my, my empathy and come into balance and stop caretaking those around me because I think they need it, and I just let them take responsibility for their life, the narcissism would not be attracted or these, or that opposite side of the spectrum wouldn't need me. They would figure out maybe a healthier way too. So it's kind of healing. I mean, empathy is a beautiful trait. But when it gets out of balance through survivalism, it ends up creating this other head of a monster, which we would say is narcissism. Yeah, I love this because I love my my buddy 
Um, I still consider him my buddy. I play his, I play his opening at the beginning of any of all of my shows, John D. Martini. And when I first met John, you know, look, I'm going on 20 years doing this, and I'm a student. I'm still a student. And one of the hardest things for me to grasp from John was contrasts. Right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. People say opposites. I don't know. Whatever you want to call it, it's what you just said. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. What, what, whatever you want opposites to call it. attract, basically. So there's like three different universal laws. Let's say there's there's the law of opposites attract, which is very karmic, action, reaction, conditional love type stuff. But more you do learn. Second is like attracts like. That's also a really nice one. But a lot of times there may not be enough contrast to actually help us all grow. And then the third one that I find that I really have tried being more relevant to is compatible compatibility. So we're compatible but not to the point that we're going to challenge each other and be power struggling all the time, or we're going to get along so well that we don't ever challenge each other at all. Compatibility is that nice way of growing where you take responsibility. I take responsibility. I think that yeah. would be an empath that's in balance is when we're actually focusing on, is this a compatible yeah. relationship or not? Yeah. And going more towards that as a choice, a free will choice. And, you know, I want you to talk to this for a minute, For those of you just tuning in, you know, um, Adrian Cobb, mywildmagic.com. Please go there. Um, we're going to talk about some of the things that Adrian is doing, but some of the ones she has done. Um, you know, and actually, I want to I want to schedule some time because I want to revisit my blueprint. Because when we did this a number of years ago, you know, time has passed. And what I'm fascinated by, and people don't even know what I'm talking about. So one of the things that Adrian does is what I what I mentioned earlier is soul blueprint. But one of the things I love is that we can gain an understanding of ourselves and then realize things are happening. Here has been my dilemma with, with finding out it was an empath. I didn't know I was, but finding out, right? I didn't know the signs. Like I just gave you an expression of my mom, right? When people describe my mom and what she was like, it is very clear she could not stay on this planet. This was way too difficult for her. And she took her life. Took her two tries, but she did it the second time. You know, first time the pills didn't work. The second time she just burnt the house down. And how long ago was this? I was six years old. So it was a bunch of years ago. Yeah. But I didn't find out about my mom till later in life. See, everything in my family is a big secret now I find out. And Benny is probably sick of me sharing this, but... I found out recently that I'm not really fully Italian, that my grandfather was born in Brazil and he was a farmer and they changed the last name so he could marry my grandmother. So, I mean, but what we are doing is there are signs and I want you to talk about this for a minute because I want to then talk about what are the downsides of empathy and what are the upsides. And then, you know, what you're bringing to the table though is how we can attract others that have narcissistic tendencies. See, all of that, we could spend a whole show talking about. But what if you discovered the science? Because I don't know that I had a blueprint or a checklist about my mom, but I got it when they described her. Can you help people out today and say, hey, look, look for this in yourself? 
Yeah, so with an empath, um, if you have high empathetic, empathetic skills, you know, you will, you know, when you walk into a room, you'll kind of register the environment of it. Uh, when you're hanging out with a friend, if they feel bad about something, you'll feel bad about something, even just talking to them on the phone. And then when you walk away, you'll wonder why, gosh, I was feeling up here and now I'm feeling down here. It's because you you impact, you, you absorbed in a sense, whatever emotions and maybe even the thought forms that they were feeling. And then you're processing it through your own nervous system, which is kind of hard on you. Um, and you will work through it, but it might take you an hour or two, a day or three, whatever, to work through it. And if you stay in um, close contact with that person a lot, you may find that you're constantly processing their stuff for them, in a sense, right? And that's just something that I find this day and age, that in order for us to evolve as humanity, there's kind of this thing that's that's come in um, is that we all kind of have to do our own stuff now. So what we used to could empath and get away with, it's not as easy to do that because there's literally like kind of a, a divine sort of law that's coming in that says, nope, that's got to stop. We all need to kind of handle our own stuff if we're going to make it anywhere. So with empaths, they do pick up on other people's things. And then sometimes you do it out of survival. Let's say you're with a partner or a child or somebody you work with and you don't want them to get mad or upset or cry, or get afraid, you will do more. That's the other thing about empaths is they will a lot of times physically be givers. They will give a lot. They will do a lot to a point, and they and they also tend to sacrifice themselves. So the, one of the downsides of being an empath is they don't necessarily know how they feel about something. I know how you feel, but I haven't really slowed down to see how I feel. And if I am congruent, compatible with myself. Do I want to mow your lawn? Do I want to bring you a dish? Do I want to go buy you something? I may or may not, you know? Yeah, that is, and this is why we're calling it tricky for the moment, because it's really important we understand this nature. It's seductive, because this is the thing. Very so it's, it's very seductive, because when I'm giving, like I have a couple neighbors who don't even want to see me anymore. <laughs> it's not because I'm some redneck alcoholic that beats my dogs or something you know I mean you want to hang out with it's because I overgive and it's making them uncomfortable you know what I mean one of them is pretty much diabetic I don't need to be giving her candies you know that I got <laughs> yeah happy Christmas happy birthday happy Valentine's. you know and another one is just like what is wrong with you we don't even know each other that well stay out of my space you know yeah um and you know and then I get people who uh they're like do stuff for me all day long give me everything you have you know, and then that can also create some resentment or whatever. And then I feel obligated. Now I have to keep doing That's this. Right. right. So there's just so many like blind spots that go along with this. Um, but it is seductive because in your mind, when I think you have a lot of ADD or ADHD energy, your, your brain is looking for that dopamine response. And some people do it through power struggling or negative interactions, but some people do it through giving, overgiving, getting over-involved with other people's chaos. Because when you get around chaos, no matter which side of the spectrum, um, negative chaos, it's just whatever, or positive chaos, mm -hmm. other people don't take responsibility, your brain gets that dopamine hit. So for me, I'm like, what can I give to the wild animals? What can I give to the neighbors? What can I give to my family? <laughs> what can I give to my friends? What can I give to my clients? But so it's like reel it in. So it becomes very seductive, not only because it seems noble, it seems like what I'm doing, right. who would want a gift, but it's not, it's invasive to other people's space. 
And that's where going to Europe, I'm like, my God, I'm so invasive to people's space. You know, I thought I was being helpful, but you know, no, not really. And I love that we're talking about this. My corporate, my corporate career really helped me rein this in. Mm. You know, it helped me a little bit. And especially when I moved to the Pacific Northwest, I, I, my friends, we all hug, you know, but COVID really, really kind of really pulled us back on that. But, you know, the things I loved about here, my first, my first consulting gig out here, which was a long-term gig, they had a policy and they made it very clear. I knew it. No hugging. It's not Homish County PUD no hugging now i have no idea why they decided to put that up as their first thing to tell us or you know and i and i'm like thinking i don't know that i was gonna i would not i don't think i was gonna hug you people i would have quit i'm like whatever that's just like so crazy i'm quitting i'm not even gonna take this job really it is in better balance It was so interesting. And yet one of the things I love is there are upsides and downsides. And you just explained a couple of them. I really talk to the extreme. When, When you cannot learn how to really create boundaries for yourself as an empath, you will go the way of my mom and many, many other people. Um, And I think these past three years has really exacerbated it, you know, on both sides. But let's, let's, I want to talk with you for a little bit about other downsides. You just talked about downsides. (laughs) I don't know if your neighbors are talking to you or not, right? I mean, I I tried to teach my my neighbors three or three-year-old how to play ping pong. So maybe I have to do a little something there. Um, But the kid loved the little ping pong ball. So I let him walk away with that. Probably innocent. Yeah. Yeah. Probably very innocent, but I could see how we could, you could get caught with being that level of an empath that you don't even know you're attracting a narcissist. Yeah, you don't, because all you think is that you're being of service to them and they wanted you to be of service. They're looking for somebody like, like just to sort of give a simple, like uh, a definition of narcissism from my point of view, it's not somebody who's bad or wrong or evil. It's really, I find that what happens with uh, narcissism, and I'm also thinking this is true now of high impasse is that the, the further we get away from our core self, our true self, our I am presence, whatever you'd want to call it, the more we go in these different directions. Now, my level of fear, like when I get away from myself, I go into this ADHD sort of spin of overgiving just to anybody. I mean, I've overwhelmed the homeless community. I've overwhelmed <laughs> uh, you know, nonprofits. It doesn't take me much, right? Because I got a lot of energy. But some people will go into this other extreme of um, maybe a certain level of victimization or wanting to be taken care of. So I find that narcissism really is, they're looking for somebody that they can use the life force of because they're not using their own. And empaths are like, I got so much energy here. I can give you this and, <laughs> and I'll feel everything you're feeling, you know? So it works out really well. It's it's a beautiful, um, destructive relationship. <laughs> and so a lot of people get into it. Oh my God. It's so, look, I remember when I was on one of those dating uh, sites, like when you do the dating online, that, that deal. And so I, I would always ask them for their address after, and they would like be like, what, why do you want? Cause I would send them thank you cards. It's like, what? My friend is like, okay, this is, 
first of all, it's a dating yeah. site. You don't have to be empathetic. Exactly. Yeah. You're, so you're I stopped doing that. All right. Communicating, <laughs> overdoing. Yeah. Over communication is another big one with impasse. How do you feel? I feel like this and blah, blah, blah. And how can we help with that feeling? You know? Yeah. I mean, but part of this too is understanding the dynamic between the two because neither one to an extreme really suits you well. It's, There's a lot we can learn from them on both sides. And I used to, I think, put empathy, empathic people, because I, I have it a bit on a pedestal. And after mm. my trip to Europe, I'm like, not on a pedestal, mm. really no boundaries, not good at all, <laughs> you know? And so I'm having to like, even in my own, like personal sense of self and how I operate in the world, like my own identity is having to change yeah. at a core level in order to realize, no, that's not necessarily good for you or good for others. Yeah. yeah. And, and here's the thing I want to talk about when we come back from break, because, you know, people get confused and they get confused. And I think pe there's even like a term that people use for it. And I don't really know who came up with this, but they called it Mother Teresa syndrome. And I think that is such an injustice to her, because when we come back from break, we're going to talk about compassion. We're going to talk about what is compassion as well. And how do you become an instrument of compassion? And how do you do that, even if you're going through the upsides, the downsides of empathy and narcissism, wherever you are? But the one thing I think, Adrian, when we come back, we do have to talk about, and that is you got to know when to hold them and know when to fold them. You have to know when you're engaging with someone that what they really want from you is everything, and you keep trying to give it only to find out you'll never fulfill you always everything bucket. Yeah. That's the fun thing we're going to talk about, but you can still have no contact with compassion. Adrian, Adrian, tell us right now, before we go to break, how do people find out about you? I'm sending them over to my wild magic. I got a, a message from somebody that says, can you have Adrian talk about the soul blueprint? Sure. How so do they find uh, out about that? My Wild Magic and uh, mywildmagic.com. You can go there. And uh, I do offer a soul blueprint. It really helps people to understand some of their higher divine attributes. So we cover five, six different subjects from, from your divine attributes that are part of your soul blueprint. And the soul blueprint is kind of a hologram. Yep. And I would encourage you to go over there because this is like was totally fun for me. And Adrian and I have talked about this in a different way. You know, I'm hoping we're going to touch upon this a little bit when we come back. Who's your tribe of light? When you go over there, you can take the quiz because I'm curious now, like when you take the, the, the quiz and we talk about the tribe of light, what insight could you get? Are some tribes more adaptable? To what goes on as being an empath or not but what adrian does is so very very cool not only can you work with her believe me the soul blueprint and the soul blueprint reading and the personal sessions beyond eye-opening and there are courses you can take you can take them online when we come back we're going to talk about how do you know how do you know when you have to do something different Certainly for Adrian and me, people will tell us, but how do you really know? Let's take a short break, Benny, Jacob, we'll be right back. Are you passionate about impacting social change 
or working towards anti-racism as a society? Are you willing to deconstruct your innermost thoughts, ideas, and beliefs about racism? Then Inflection Point Podcast, Cultivating Change from the Inside Out, is the show for you. Join Anita Russell, Mavis Bauman, and Gail Hunter in open, honest, and deliberate conversations every first and third Wednesday at 3 p.m. Pacific, 6 p.m. Eastern, only on TransformationTalkRadio.com. Tune in to Maximum Resilience with me, Kelly Bazzani, your ally for addiction, the first Monday of each month at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern on TransformationTalkRadio.com. Join us and engage in this epic journey of how to own your power and change your perception of addiction while we revolutionize the approach that ensures mental health as we address a worldwide epidemic. Take the steps that lead you towards an incredible life of maximum resilience. We do recover. Visit MyResiliencecoach.com. Do you question what an authentic life really looks like? Tune in to The Alley Effect with Allison Blythe, authentically living life your way. Every first and third Thursday at 1 p.m. Pacific on TransformationTalkRadio.com, where Allison Blythe brings you tools, resources, and actionable steps toward your very best life. Take responsibility for your own happiness. For more about Allison, visit Allison, A-L-L-Y-S-O-N, Blythe, B-L-Y-T-H-E.com. Are you struggling with truly being happy in life? Do you often question who you really are? I'm Tracy Lynn Wallace, a self-love mentor and life coach who can help you identify and access subconscious blocks to move you into a place of freedom, success, and happiness. Visit inspiredwisdomcoaching.com to sign up for my VIP list and get updates on my exclusive workshops so you can awaken your magic within. That's inspiredwisdomcoaching.com. Are you ready to branch out? Take a leap of faith. Tune in to Get Rooted Radio with Erica Gifford-Mills on TransformationTalkRadio.com to equip, empower, and enlighten yourself. Erica will energize and excite you to power up your passionate dream that sets your soul on fire. So get fearlessly ready and get powerfully rooted in your yes to live it up, love it up, and let it go. Visit GetRootedRadio.com. Tune in to Knowledge Book Radio with host Marge Patasek, the fourth Tuesday each month at 4 p.m. Pacific, 7 p.m. Eastern on TransformationTalkRadio.com. Through many experiences, Marge was led to the Knowledge Book, a gift to humanity in its transition to the golden age that provides truth and answers. She now shares information from the Knowledge Book with you monthly on TransformationTalkRadio.com on Knowledge Book Radio. For more information, visit USA.TheKnowledgeBook.net. Hey, everybody, welcome back. It's so great to have all of you tune us in and turn us on. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, As I said before, mywildmagic.com. And by the way, if you go over there, you can listen to previous shows Adrian's done. There's there's so much there. But you, you know, my experience of working with Adrian and never having done anything like this before, not understanding what a soul blueprint is or who my tribe was, you know, when you have an understanding of this, it really helps you as you move through life. And I don't know about you all out there, but if you're like me, these three years have been three years. It doesn't matter what you think you've been through previously in your life. These have been different at a lot of levels. 
-hmm. And definitely if you're in that empath realm and you are now in that empath realm in your home 24-7 with your spouse and you are working from home and then you have your two children that may or may not be doing schoolwork, it is a whole different game for you. And that's just one scenario. Yeah. Um, please go over to My Wild Magic. Adrian, we have a caller. Let's go to the phone and see what our caller, if we can, if we can help Lee out. Okay. Um, Benny, we have Lee there. Yes, she is. Welcome to the show, Lee. Hey, Lee. Oh, hi. How are you? <laughs> hey, good. How are you? I want to introduce you to my friend and colleague right over here, Adrian Cobb. How can we help you? Hi. Hi. Um, uh, you know, I am, I know I'm super empathic and I'm, um, I'm really having a hard time with the emotions I've been feeling because I know a lot of them aren't mine. I've been either feeling like um, super sad and a deep sadness or like today, like I feel really cranky, like I could rip someone's head off. <laughs> so I like, I'm really um, just trying to find better ways to navigate what's mine and what's not mine. Yeah. So, uh, you know, you definitely seem like you're, you're a heart empath, meaning that out of the different chakras in your body, one of the ones that you're empathing the most from feels like it's your heart. And for that, it might be like, you kind of wear your heart on your sleeve. People know how you feel. I mean, I don't mean that you're like overly verbal about it, but it just feels like you're very authentic and that you perhaps connect to people more on a soul level um, versus mentally or just emotionally, you're more into the feelings themselves. And the feelings come from the heart and come from the soul. Um, second of all, it feels like in your tribe of light that you work with, it's angelic. So there's cosmic, um, galactic, the planetary star, angelic. They're all different tribes of light that can support us. And it's, um, in a sense, kind of like it's a it's a temple of light. It's a, it's a dimension of light that you hang out in when you're sleeping at night, when you're meditating, or in between lifetimes. But for you, it feels like you work primarily with the angelic energies. And it feels like part of what's going on is you're also tapping into some of the collective energy. And I'd say that how you're feeling sorrow, but not necessarily feeling like it's yours. feels like it's a lot about the collective. And I talked to a lot of different people, um, you know, around the country, but also internationally. And there is a tremendous amount of loss in the world. Like, I mean, I, even other healers I've talked to, there is more suicides than ever before. There is more people just dying from whatever illness is going on. There are trees that are falling and there are pets that are dying. I mean, so the, the level of collective sorrow right now, I think is quite huge. And so it feels like you are, um, heart-based, heart-centered, uh, coming in, pulling in from that angelic energy. So working with the angelic energies that work with you and through you, but also a collective empath. So whether you're around people or not, wouldn't even matter because when you're a collective empath, you're picking it up on that higher dimensional level. And I just think there's a lot of unprocessed sorrow from all the fighting, all the separation, all the global climate change, all of the death that's been on the planet. I mean, there's just so many reasons why I think. And so I think you're picking all that up. Now, the resource to it feels like, and that's going to be where Dr. Pat and I were going in a second, but um, it's the level of compassion. So people who have an angelic 
kind of nature to them. It's almost like being an angel in human form, essentially. One thing that you also probably have highly developed is your compassionate ability. And so instead of being empathing, which is absorbing the energy, you want to turn that energy around to start blessing the collective, blessing the people around you. So when an angelic being starts blessing with, let's say, pure love and light, which is a very high frequency energy, you don't have to know a why or a who or whatever. But when you bring pure love and light and you start blessing whatever it is, you will feel better because you're streamlining this higher energy through the antennas, which is partly how we are so empathic. You're using that antenna to harness this higher vibrational light. Then you're doing something good in the world just by sending pure love and light out around the earth or whatever. And you'll start to feel better, but it's almost like getting the the empathic junk off of your system when you when you bless as well. But it also it, it'll cause you not to feel so powerless. And I think that the powerlessness is probably one of your weak links. And this might even be from other lifetimes and specifically related to the relationship to your biological mom of how you might have felt powerless to help her or get caught up in her powerlessness. And then that will cause you to get stuck in the sorrow as well. So I'm hoping that that helps a bit. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Lee, what do you think? And the connection to my mom and, and, um, and her helplessness and stuff totally makes sense. And that becomes a trained behavior. So now as an empath, if that's how your mom was, and this may be how your mom was too, Pat, or yeah. mine as well, that if we feel somebody we love that's a caretaker is helpless and you came in with a higher consciousness and a higher sense of love and emotional intelligence, you will do anything you can for that alcoholic parent, that victimized parent, that powerless parent. As empaths, we will have a tendency to do anything we can to save that person perhaps for our own well-being as well. But then the problem is as you go into your adulthood, you will tend to attract in that similar vibration. Mm -hmm. It's a matter of how do you change that up? For one, is just being aware that that's going on. But the other is start noticing how do I feel? Like really taking uh, a gauge in the morning when you first wake up, how do I feel? What's most loving for me? What would be most compassionate? Um, and there is a tool that um, I want to show everybody too when we get ready, Pat, that can also help with impasse. Good. A lot of times we don't know exactly how we feel because we saw over, over inundated with other people. Yeah. Lee, I think you're good to go. I think uh, what we're going to do is we're going to have Adrian share that tool now. Thank you, Lee, for calling in. You're probably going to want to listen to where we go from here. Thank you so much for yeah. doing that. Reach, reach out anytime, yeah, Lee. I'm thanks. happy to work yeah. yeah. I would encourage you to connect with Adrian. Um, specifically and and get some additional um, insight and help I know it helped me thank you thanks Lee thank um, let's so talk much. about the tool now if we could because we're talking about moving I like to call it a maze because I lack of a better word it's the way I think about it you know and there are many sides to it I think about my mom who was a very powerful woman in her day I mean she demanded stuff from my dad and you know she wanted to have her own little soda place and you know things like that the difficulty that came for her was in the manipulative side of my dad so this is your perfect example hello of an empath and a narcissist thank you dad i know you're looking down but you know i'm right right um right this is the perfect side of this now the good news for me is i did not have to spend a lot of time with my dad um and 
you know, my stepsisters, my especially my sister Joyce felt the brunt of, of this. But there are things we can learn. There are tools we can learn. There are things. My mom suffered from a hopelessness perspective, right? He's got the money. I've got the vision. I mean, you could just sense it. But what are some of the tools that we can use? Because there is a way to work with this, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. So one of them is knowing how you feel. So sometimes what mm -hmm. impacts do, part of the disadvantage is that I'm so invested in your feelings about how you feel about me and what's going on and are you okay? Because I want you to be okay that we lose sight of ourselves, We lose connection with ourselves. So now I don't have a sense of self. So empathic people oftentimes feel like they're being battered in a storm of other people's emotions and stuff. And they, they have a hard time saying, I want to watch that movie or I want this for lunch or I don't want to do that for you. Saying no is almost an impossibility for a high empath, right? Um, so uh, the first thing is really getting back in touch with what how you feel. And sometimes even going to um, a counselor, a therapist, a psychic, an intuitive, a healer, somebody who will tell you um, that can be helpful at times, but you always want to know how you feel because they might just be projecting something too, right? So this is a technique and I just learned it from the emotional body code. Uh, I just listened to a class on that. It was brilliant. It was life-changing for me just three days ago. And so what you do is you, you can, you can sit or preferably stand and you hold your arms down by your side. And I just, you can close your eyes if you want or leave them open, whatever most comfortable. And I and, and this is called this technique is called the sway. And what happens is whenever something's good for somebody, they will tend to sway forward. And when something's bad for somebody, it will sway backwards. Right. You're it's so so you're using your body's wisdom like a tuning fork and you're breathing into the the image or the feeling tone of what you want to ask. And then you just very, you just notice the subtlety of how your body might be swaying. Now, sometimes it can be reversed if somebody's got like a reversal in their energy field, but for the most part, it works. So, so think about a plant leans towards the light, Lord, towards the sun. And um, indigenous people or animals know which herbs or plants not to eat. And they lean away. They just have an internal. So it's sort of like your body is like this amazing tool that taps into this, this universal field of light. So you don't even have to know what that plant is or what the future is with this person you might date or <clears throat> if an investment's going to work or not. You just have to ask your body because your body's wisdom expands into the universal field. So uh, again, just close your eyes or leave them open, whatever. And I want you just to notice the concept of war, how your body feels about war. Um, if war is, uh, you know, when you think about the tragedy of war, the loss of war, um, the feeling of death and dying of all the pain and suffering. See, I don't even have to, my body is naturally going backward without even, even thinking about it. I don't even have to think about it. It's just like this natural sort of drawing back even at the concept of war okay now we're going to switch it and i want you to imagine um you know going into the future of this place it's so loving it's just filled with unconditional love it's a temple of light filled with angels it's filled with your own i am presence 
It's filled with all things that are most loving, that you are in total connection to your source energy. You're making compatible life choices. And there are really good things for you there. And just feeling the feeling tone of unconditional love and how unconditional love would feel for you in the moment if you were just being present to it. And again, there's like this subtle leaning forward that happens. Now, you can practice this like um, I uh, had somebody that um, may have wanted to 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 go on a date, right, to be in a relationship. And I had mixed feelings. I go back and forth on it. And, you know, I could, I could, there's a lot in common, but something says no, but then I could. And <laughs> so then I'll go to a psychic or I'll go to a healer and everybody has their own thing. So I just stood in my room and I put my hands down. I got connected to my own source energy just by just doing some rhythmic breathing. And I just asked, should I be in a relationship with this person? And my body went back. I don't have to know why. Don't yeah. even care. I just know I don't want to go down that path with that. Yeah. Uh, also with, uh, do I want to move to a particular location? Like let's say ash for some, and I really thought I did, you know, but when I listened to my body's wisdom, I don't know what issue I'm caught up in, but my body leaned back. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Um, I do know exactly what you're saying. And there's a trip that I don't know if I really want to take because it seems kind of complicated, but when I ask about it, I lean forward. You know, and sometimes you can almost be neutral as well. Like maybe there's not as much of a say. So the sway is a technique of using your body's wisdom, which is beyond your mind, your emotions and all that. It's a way of using a primal part of your own body mm. intelligence that's tapped into this morphogenetic field to ask questions so that you know how you feel. That's one of the biggest downsides to empaths is we have a tendency not to know how I feel. Like I said, I know what you may want or feel even intuitively before you even know you want it. And then I'll start fulfilling things for people and they haven't even asked me, yeah. which again is a boundary issue, but they haven't even asked me. <laughs> but most of the time they're like, oh my God, that's, that's amazing. But was it really amazing for me? <laughs> because then I put all this time and energy into something. But on top of that, this is another big thing about empathy is that when you are empathic to the point that you are picking up on other people's emotions, feelings, you're in relationship to narcissism in whatever form you're crossing people's boundaries, over giving, overdoing stuff, you're actually putting yourself in their karma. You're actually inserting yourself in a karmic life issue that maybe wasn't yours to have. Yeah. And now I have to follow through. Now I have to deal with the feelings and the emotions and the consequence and whatever that goes along with it. So it keeps you more in your dharma, your true life path, using your life force energy better. So anyway, that's the technique called the sway that helps you figure out. And, and the reason I'm saying it is because when I'm in somebody's energy field, hands down, I will think that I need to do that for them. And it is almost impossible for me to not think that that is what I need to be doing. And so when I can access a more pure energy of my own body wisdom, it helps me override my tendency of picking up on people's projections as well as their yeah. neediness of something if I'm not the answer. Now, if I am the answer, sure, I'll do it. But yeah. Otherwise, yeah, exactly. No, I know what you're saying, because the minute you mentioned war, like uh -huh. when you mentioned the word war, now there'd be a lot of people that say, oh, no, what happened to me is I didn't go back in the chair, but I could feel my lower back lean back. Do you know what I'm saying? So I yeah. just want people to be aware that yeah, this could be great. subtle. 
that right. it is very subtle and that's your sacral power. So if you're finding your lower back is pulling back, that's your sacral power. That's that body wisdom. Some yeah. people listen to the heart. You might find your, your chest sways in and out. You know what I mean? You might find your higher self, like your head leans. So that's true. Different parts of your body. It can be whole body, but depends on where you're sort of basing your wisdom. That's true. Yeah. That was so immediate for me. I didn't even notice if, if, if you hadn't mentioned it, I probably wouldn't have noticed it, but it was automatic. The minute you said the word war yeah. and then I saw the image that came to mind, we've been supporting uh, the Ukrainian people. Uh, I've interviewed the parliamentary people there. And, um, and the minute you said it, I just had this image that came from the bombing of a hospital with pregnant women in it. I mean, it just hit me. Like the minute you said that it was like, boom, boom, boom. Like my, yeah. my, my butt went back and I just, it just came up and I'm not sure I even heard the rest of what you said yeah. right shortly thereafter. Yeah. I did hear, but, but see, that's how powerful a lot of times, um, Adrian, and can you help us with this? Because a lot of times we will get that message and we will not follow it. And this is really, you know, I love to have the conversation, um, what what does your empath say to your ego? And you know this is an interesting dialogue because you you're like way back in the chair. You probably so far back you almost knocked the chair over, and yet, boy, I really want to follow that. You see? Yeah, don't yeah. Don't I really yeah. want to just even though that person that I'm like get the chair back? Not going to be. Don't really. That's that's not a relationship. Some other part of me like dials the phone, and I'm like. How do we help people follow their signs? Because I don't know about you, but those signs, when I'm just like, man, that is a sign of truth for me. So I think that the other thing that goes along with being a high empath, um, and this may also be true with the narcissism as well, is that there is a lack of trust. Like we're not trusting a higher power has our back. I'm not trusting that you're okay. So I want to jump in your business to help out for whatever reason. And it might seem noble, but more than likely it's for my own survivalism on some level. You know what I mean? Um, I do. And it's a childhood sort of programming. So I think that when you want to start unraveling the energy of the empathic tendency, whether it's chemical or psychic or whatever, that we just get pulled in that direction and our ego sort of wants to do it, even though we have the body wisdom, um, it's a matter of trusting that intuition. So trust is a big one. I find that empaths Thank you. have a broken trust inside of them. So they don't, they're not trusting themselves, mm. what they really do. Because you see, we all know if we want to do something or don't want to do it, but we over, as an empath, we override that instinctual wisdom because I'd rather have your approval, your acceptance, your love. Connection is another big one for empaths. I'll do anything to have connection with you, even if it's a dysfunctional connection. I could have a healthier connection, but I don't <laughs> trust that. You know what I mean? So I find that trust mm. is a big thing. I'd love to do our next show together on trust because it's such, it's so very important and it really taps into so many more things. I mean, especially when somebody sits down with you and hears what you just did with Lee, but also when they work with you, there's a lot of information that gets shared. And how often are we going to trust in a divine path and what happens when we do and what happens when we don't know how to i don't even like to say do or don't i believe that 
there's a way that we do and there's a way that we don't know how. But I do believe this is something we can learn. Now, totally now from now, I'm just going to follow how many times I've been back in the chair today. <laughs> and then don't do it if you feel that's that's right. Right. Um, yeah. And part of the trust, I think, has to do with um, uh, feeling safe. I think in order for you to have like to trust your own intuition, you have to feel somewhat safe. Yeah. How do you build safe in your own system if you haven't had it? You know, if you don't have a lot of good history about that. And it feels like how you rebuild safety, which then rebuilds trust, which then rebuilds how you operate as an empath, um, I think has a lot to do with having compassion for yourself. Yeah. I mean, it's like coming back into self-love. And the easiest way to do that is just to, like, for me, I kind of tap into that source energy, like a big ball of light above me. Yeah. Just command down pure mm. light streaming through my energy field. And the minute I feel myself connected, I instantly start to relax. I instantly mm. start to feel unconditionally loved by this source within myself. I ground it to the earth because we're like a battery. I ground it to the earth, which makes me feel more secure and safe. Bring it back up to my heart and expand around me. So I do that one energy exercise and it has helped tremendously for me to feel connected so now I don't have to trade out my power via empathy by overgiving in order to feel safe in the world. I already have safety. I already have unconditional love. I already have my needs being met. So that I think helps the empath tremendously. Mm. And I think that with narcissism, people tend to take advantage of the weak link, the insecurity of an empath. They oh, tend yeah. to take advantage of it and you know, have this whole story about what the empath is going to do for them. But the narcissist is just as insecure. Oh, for sure. You know what I'm saying? So when you I can do. start seeing that these dynamics that people get into, that you start healing your own insecurity with a divine connection, you will no longer continue to attract that like attracts like or opposites attract in terms of insecurities. Yeah, I mean, this is such an important conversation. And I want to thank you for today, because it is so needed right now. There's so many people now really trying to get a sense of what am I really feeling? You know, what am I feeling that's true to me? What is it going to help me to lean forward? What, what am I going to select? What am I choosing? Adrian, thank you. Again, tell folks how they can find out more about you and sure. let them know some of the things you're up to if you could. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, go to mywildmagic.com. Again, that's mywildmagic.com. And uh, you can go to the work with me tab and see what I offer uh, in terms of private sessions, Reiki, Vision Quest. I do have a Vision Quest. It's a 21-day Vision Quest coming up September 1st through the 20th, really? where we're doing a lot on the inner levels. And uh, I mean, they're almost just beyond words to describe them, but they're very life-changing, very catalytic in terms of your spiritual progression. And how do people find out or register for that? What is the best uh, way? You can go to mywildmagic.com and it will be listed underneath quests. And those are virtual. They are, you can do them from your own home. You know, they are also all recorded. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. And it's, it's amazing experience to kind of be two places at once and mm -hmm. start working with ascended masters and angels and right. different beings. Yeah. And by the way, if they go to your website, which is mywildmagic.com, they can go under where it says work with me. I think it's called soul quest. Is that correct? Yeah. Beautiful. And you'll see it. Uh, it's coming up for the fall. As Adrian just mentioned, a lot of information on it. Take a look at what this does and what you are getting prepared for. 